the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We believe that once God saves us, he seals us and makes it impossible for us to ever get lost again. We'll explore that truth out of Galatians here today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Join us. There is a difference in being led and feeling led. Many times we'll hear people say, I felt led to do this or that. But do we feel the leading that the Holy Spirit is doing in us? And what is the difference? Well, the answers to your questions are coming up today on Abounding Grace from Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. We're in Galatians chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. Let's catch up with Pastor Gary now and today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. What is it that moves you and enables you to crush sin and to live for God? It's nothing you can produce. It is nothing that originated with you whatsoever. It is a distinct, separate, divine power exerted in your life. There is a difference, though the Holy Spirit does live within you. There is a difference between the Holy Spirit, though, who leads you and you who are being led by the Holy Spirit. And I'll show the importance of that in just a moment. But understand that a person is not being led by someone when he is going his own way. If I'm doing whatever I wish and whatever I please, I am not under anyone else's influence. I cannot be said to be led by anyone. I'm just leading myself along doing whatever I'm pleased to do. But it is only when an influence distinct from ourselves in our own minds and our own emotions and our own bodies determines our conduct and determines the direction in which we are to go. Only then it can be said that we are being led when someone else does the leading. So it is with the Holy Spirit. Now let me give you a practical application of this. There is a difference between being led and feeling led. How many times have you heard people say, well, I felt led to do this, or I felt led to go on this mission, or I felt led to find a new church to attend, or I felt led to do whatever. Now understand that in feeling led, we are not feeling the leading of the Spirit. We are feeling our own physical and emotional feelings. When you feel led, you are an experience, an emotional feeling that originates with you. And that is the problem today that many Christians identify feeling led with being led by God. If I feel led to do something, God must be leading me to do it, these people say. 
If I feel led to do this, it must be God's Spirit leading me to do this. And you see how those people do not make the distinction between the leading of the Spirit and the person who is being led. The feelings of being led that I experience are my own feelings that I experience. They are part of me. They originate with me. They are physical, some caused by the secretions of glands. But there is all the difference in the world between feeling led and being led. For all of us, there are times in which we felt led to do something that we were not led to do. There are times when we felt the Holy Spirit was leading us to do something when He wasn't leading us to do something. So, beloved, I call on you to be careful. Just because you have a peace about something, just because you have an exuberance about something that you want to do, be careful of identifying that feeling of contentment and warmth and exuberance with the leading of the Holy Spirit. When you do something because you feel led to do it, you are leading yourself every single time. There is a difference between physical, emotional feelings and the Holy Spirit of God who leads us. You know, the Bible also speaks of two kinds of human beings. And he describes them in these words, the natural man and the spiritual man. The natural man is a phrase with reference to the unbeliever, man in a state of sin. And the spiritual man is having been regenerated by the Spirit of God, and that is, of course, a Christian man. And what is the difference between natural man and spiritual man in the Bible? Spiritual man has ceased to be a self-led man and has become a spirit-led man. What is the, promise, the prominent characteristic of the natural man? He is self-led. He does what he pleases, whether God likes it or not. What is the great trade, trait of the spirit-led man? He is a man who is no longer self-led. He is a man who is led in all of his activities by the Holy Spirit of God through God's Word. There is a clear and important difference between the leading of the Spirit and the one who is being led. Now let's look at a second emphasis of this little word, led. It emphasizes the completeness of control which the Spirit's leading exerts on the person being led. The Greek word for led in both of these texts emphasizes the completeness of the control which the Spirit's leading exerts over the person being led. This word led is a strong Greek word. It does not mean to merely guide. It means to point out the way a person should go. The Greek word for led or lead denotes control over the one being led. Benjamin Warfield put it this way in an outstanding sermon on the leading of the Spirit. He said, The word denotes the exertion of the power of control over the action of its subjects, which the strength of the one being led is insufficient to withstand. In other words, the leading of the Spirit is not a suggestive leading it is not that the Holy Spirit puts suggestions in our minds and then leaves it up to us to determine whether or not we will follow those suggestions. It is not a suggestive leading. It is a controlling kind of leading. Now, how do we know that? 
We know that, by the way, the word lead or led is used throughout the New Testament, and it is used in a variety of ways. For instance, in Matthew 21, 2, concerning the donkey and its colt that Jesus wanted to ride into Jerusalem on, on Palm Sunday. He commanded his disciples to loose them and to lead them to him. Take them by the reins and lead them whether they want to come or not to him. In Acts 8.32, Isaiah is quoted as saying of Jesus that he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Luke 10.34, the good Samaritan led the wounded traveler to an end. end. The wounded traveler couldn't go in his own strength. Luke 18.40, Christ commanded a blind man in Jericho to be led to him. He couldn't come on his own He had to be led to him. A blind man can't make that kind of decision. In John 18, 28, Jesus as a prisoner in chains, as a prisoner in chains, was led to Caiaphas. In Acts 6, 12, the crowds seized the martyr Stephen and having seized him, led him to the council. In Acts 9, 2, Saul or Paul rounded up all the Christians that he might lead them bound to Jerusalem. Now I gave you all those references where the word lead occurs in Scripture to let you see that it is obvious that this word contains the idea of control. The power of the Spirit has taken hold of us as believers as a man takes hold of the reins of a donkey to lead the donkey where he wants it to go. As a nurse leads a sick person to a physician, which sick person is in no condition to lead himself, and as a jailer secures a prisoner and leads him to jail. You see, it is a strong word that denotes controlling influence over the person that is being led. As Christians, we were slaves to sin, but a new power has entered us to break that bondage and powerfully direct us on a better course of life. So then the leading of the Holy Spirit is that controlling influence which he exercises over Christians from within. His power has come into our hearts, not merely to suggest to us what we are to do, not merely to keep our eyes on what we should do, but he has come into our hearts to take the reins of our lives, to lead and control us so as to make us righteous and loving As believers, we're no longer the director of our own lives. The Holy Spirit is so that we no longer do what we wish and we go where and go where we want, but we do what he wills and we go where he wills. That's what it means to be led by the Spirit. You remember what it says in Galatians 5.17? It says the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit lusts against the flesh. For they are in opposition to each other so that you may not do what you wish. If the Holy Spirit wasn't in your life, you could do what you wish. But now because the Holy Spirit is overcoming the corruption of sin in you, you may not do what you want to do. You are under the controlling influence of the Spirit of God. And now you are doing what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. So this little word led denotes control. But there is a third thing the word led denotes. 
First, to be led emphasizes the difference or the distinction between the spirit that is doing the leading and the believer that is being led. And don't ever blend those. Secondly, this leading of the Holy Spirit involves a controlling influence on the believer. And thirdly, the phrase led by the Spirit emphasizes the pathway over which the believer is to walk and make progress in his life toward the goal that the Holy Spirit has set for him. To be led by the Spirit implies that there is a pathway that we must walk under the Spirit's influence. To say that the Holy Spirit exerts a controlling influence over our thoughts and affections and actions is not at all to imply that the actions of the Holy Spirit replace the actions of the believer so that the believer's only work is that of passive yielding to the Holy Spirit who does all the rest. That is not being led That is literally being picked up and carried, and the word led is not carried. In other words, to say that the Holy Spirit in leading us exerts a controlling influence over us is not to say that the Holy Spirit takes over our lives and lives it for us as Christians. The Holy Spirit does not take over our lives. He does not live our lives for us. He gives us the power to do the things we should do. But the Holy Spirit does not believe in Jesus for us. The Holy Spirit does not repent of sins for us. The Holy Spirit does not obey the law of God for us. The Holy Spirit does not love other people for us. The Holy Spirit does not worship God for us. Those are things we and we alone must do. In his power. The Christian life then is not one of passivity. So many Christians today think the Christian life is just yielding up to the Holy Spirit. You know, he's the hand and you and I are just the glove. And once you yield up to him, he just takes over your life and you just sort of sit back and he runs it for you. No. That is not the implication of the word led. Even though it is a strong word That emphasizes control. Because as I said a moment ago, when the Holy Spirit lives for you, lives your life for you, he's not leading you. He is picking you up and carrying you. There's a word Paul could have used if that is what he wanted to imply. If he wanted to use, if he wanted to, I don't know, I messed up here some way. If he wanted to use, believe that once you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit does everything for you. He just picks you up and carries you along. There is a word he could have used, which Peter does use in another context with reference to another subject. Turn with me to Second Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> He leads us. He doesn't pick us up and carry us. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. That is, Scripture did not originate with man. For no prophecy is ever made, it, no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved, that is, carried along by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. Now, there is a word, Paul could have used. He said that the man who wrote scripture, 
those prophets, while under the influence of the Holy Spirit, were completely in God's hands. God put the thoughts he wanted them to express in their minds. God so governed them that he chose the very words they were to use to express those thoughts. So they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. By the way, that phrase, moved by the Holy Spirit, or carried by the Holy Spirit, were the words used to describe the wind that carried a ship along. A sailboat moved only when the wind carried it. When the wind stopped, the boat stopped. And these holy men of God spoke only as they were moved and carried along by the Holy Spirit. And that is not the word Paul used because a believer is not picked up and carried along by the Spirit to a predestined goal. The Son of God is led. The prophet is carried. You must keep that difference in the back of your mind. The writers of Scripture were carried by the Holy Spirit so that their words were were without error. There was nothing that originated with the brain of man that was included in any of their writings. They were being moved and carried along by the Holy Spirit. But that's not the word that is used of the Christian. He's not carried along. He is led. So don't get the impression that to say the Holy Spirit controls us is to say that he takes over our lives and he does everything for us. When we were born again and God made Christians out of us, we are passive, just like a corpse is passive. A corpse can't do much. And because you are dead in your trespasses and sins, there's nothing that you can do. In fact, there's nothing you want to do, even if there was something you could do to help God save you. You don't want to be saved from sinning. And you are passive in that sense. And in a new birth, God actively works on this passive dead sinner and makes him come alive. Now, once he makes you come alive... You are no longer passive. You are active from there on out. Throughout the Christian life, you are empowered to act by the presence of the Holy Spirit within your life. We're not carried along by the Holy Spirit. We are led. The Holy Spirit doesn't suggest to us where he wants us to go. Rather, the Holy Spirit powerfully leads the child of God toward a goal along a path defined by the Holy Spirit over which the path you and I as believers must walk in the exertion of our own strenuous efforts. The leading of the Spirit is a controlling influence that puts us on the right path. And He keeps us on the right path. And He empowers us to walk on the right path. But you are to walk the path. Warfield said it this way, we are under the Spirit's control and we walk in the path in which He sets our feet. It is His part to keep us on the path and to, at length, bring us to the goal. But it is we who tread every step of the way. It is our limbs that grow weary with the labor. It is our hearts that faint. It is our courage that fails. It is our faith that revives our sinking strength. It is our hope that instills new courage into our souls as we toil over the steep ascent, end quote. The Holy Spirit leads. You walk. He who is led walks the road himself. The Holy Spirit doesn't walk it for him or push him along in a wheelchair. The believer led by the Spirit is aware of the roughness of the road and the unevenness of the road. 
and the steepness of the road and the dangers of the road. He is painfully aware of all these things. He often pants with exhaustion because of the effort he has to exert in living this life. He is often appalled at the difficulty of traveling through this valley. He rejoices in any progress he makes. He hopes his hope is renewed when dangers and obstacles are surmounted. The Holy Spirit leads the believer, but the believer walks the weary road and he feels the weariness and he faces the dangers. But he who is being led by the Spirit is under the mighty influence of a great power from God that controls him. But the path over which he is led is traveled by his own efforts and struggles. And the goal he someday reaches will be reached by strenuous, exhausting, persevering effort on his part. You are not going to float to heaven on flowery beds of ease, I'm afraid, brothers and sisters. Do you know how Christ described the Christian life? He said it's pressing on toward the mark. I haven't yet arrived, but this one thing I do, leaving all else behind, I press on toward the mark. Have you ever run a race and you're still a long way from the goal? And your legs are burning and your lungs are aching and your heart seems to be beating out of your chest and you're still not at the goal and things are starting to fade out? This is the way the Christian life will be lived by anyone and everyone who is led by the Spirit. There's no easy way out. Well, your lungs will hurt. Your heart will beat. Your legs will burn. You'll think you're going to faint before you reach the goal. And you would were it not for the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit keeping you going on toward the goal when you want to fall down and collapse. Now, when, the Holy, when, when, the, when Paul says that believers are led by the Spirit and the Holy Spirit controls them, he's not forgetting about two things. He's not being unrealistic because the word led tells us that. He is not forgetting the arduous nature of the road you have to travel. It's not a superhighway. It is a dangerous pot-filled road, uphill, no coasting until you die. But the Holy Spirit will get you to the top, my friends. But you are the one who has to walk it. There's something else Paul didn't forget about. He didn't forget the strenuous exertion necessary to travel that road. It's a steep road. It will take constant exertion of effort and you won't make it unless you're under the controlling influence of the Holy Spirit. But the Christian can be assured of the constant and continuous presence of the Holy Spirit within him so that he does not travel that steep path alone. The Holy Spirit keeps him on the path, leads him on the path, and brings him home at last. God does not promise you that he will give you relief from the weariness of the journey. He doesn't promise that he will deliver you from the roughness of the road or give you freedom from the difficulties and dangers of your travels. He hasn't promised that. He will exempt you from the hard labor of traveling. 
He also nowhere encourages you to relax your endeavors to holiness of life. But he did promise that he would lead you all the way home. And he guarantees that we, his beloved children, will get there. Not because we are so strong or conditioned, but because he will control us and lead us so that we will not fail to reach the goal of heaven. The Bible says, work out in fear and trembling that desire or the willpower to please God and obey him. That his spirit is working within every believer, leading him throughout his life. Is that you, beloved? If not, you are bound to fail to reach the goal of the Christian life. But if this is the mark of your life, praise God. For the result is a glorious eternal life where your trials and difficulties and your hurts and tears will vanish and you will rest in the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. What a great hope we have. And it is the powerful leading of the Holy Spirit that will enable us to reach that goal. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402-1484, Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.